publisher of the Amazon best-selling Inspired Journeys. Get in touch with me if you want to start living without fear or writing your book. And please share this podcast with a friend who you know needs to hear this episode. And subscribe to my YouTube channel. If you're listening now on a podcast platform, you can do me a great favor by writing a short review or rate it with five stars if you enjoyed it. And I cannot believe it. I have already people from 71 countries who have been listening to Living Without Fear. Isn't this amazing? And today I'm so excited to introduce you to Robin Allen from Atlanta, Georgia. She has worked as a full-time senior level consultant in marketing, communications and public relations for Fortune 500 and high-tech companies. She is a freelance writer and has written 50 plus articles for national and print publications. Her recent articles have appeared in Hope for Women and Flourish magazines. Robin is a multi-published author of women's fiction and romantic suspense. Her novels include Hidden Memories, The Promise, Breeze, The Best Thing Yet, If I Were Your Woman, and The Starers Unexpected. Her current novel is It's Complicated, a novel. Welcome to the show, dear Robin. Thank you, Esther, and I appreciate that warm welcome. <laughs> Thank you so much for having me. You're welcome. So, Robin, let's start with the introductory question. What has been your turning moments in life? Hmm. Well, I have several. So the first one I'll begin with is going to college. Um, I went to college and I graduated from the University of Pittsburgh in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. I was encouraged to go to college by my high school teachers. I was taking a typing class and a student teacher gave me her business card where she worked at the University of Pittsburgh. She encouraged me to call her when I finished high school. Her name was Heather, but I cannot remember her last name. She changed the trajectory of my life as a 16-year-old. Heather worked for a temp agency at the University of Pittsburgh, and she helped me get a job. I initially had to take a type, typing test, and I failed the test. I had only taken one semester of typing. Heather looked at the typing test. She threw it away, and, you know, my stomach just dropped. But she told me to call her the next week. I called her, and she placed me in a job where I just had to type forms. A few months later, I was hired as a full-time employee, and I had the opportunity to go to college for $5 a credit. I was allowed to take one class during the day per semester, and I attended school at night. I completed college in four calendar years. The next big thing that happened in my life was moving to Atlanta, Georgia, which is where I live now. And at the time, there was a lot of hype about Atlanta. Um, good jobs, the cost of the living was cheap. Uh, people will call it the land of milk and honey. And there's still a lot of hype about Atlanta, but the city has changed dramatically. My girlfriend from college, she planned to move to Atlanta. So I decided to go with her. I looked for a job in Atlanta from Pittsburgh. 
the Atlanta Journal-Constitution, which is the newspaper, would get to Pittsburgh on a Tuesday. And that's when I would apply for jobs. That's when you only had the newspaper to look for a job. So there was no internet. There was an Indeed and places like that. My girlfriend and I, we had similar goals. And that is we plan to get professional jobs, meet the man of our dreams, fall in love, of course, get married and have children. When I moved to Atlanta, I worked for a small software company, but my ultimate goal was to work for a major corporation like Coca-Cola, IBM, DAC, which is Digital Equipment Corporation, Burroughs Honeywell. Some of these companies aren't around anymore, but I did get a full-time job with Digital Equipment Corporation. And at that point, I thought my life was set from a career standpoint. The other big thing that I would say that changed my life is writing books. I've been an avid reader since I was a little girl. In my 20s, I used to read several books a week. One day I went to the bookstore and I couldn't find a book that I wanted to read. I wanted to read a black contemporary story with an exciting plot and storyline. I'm showing my age, but I read plenty of Danielle Steele, Sidney Sheldon and Jackie Collin types of books. I wanted to read those kind of stories, but with black characters. So I came home and I decided to write the kind of book I wanted to read. I wrote an outline of a book and that began my, I say, forever interest in writing books. And what age was that when you started? Mm, I probably was 27. Okay. 27, 28. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And did you publish this first book? Oh, it took some years for that book to get published. Um, the real story behind a, a lot of this, if we're going to be really honest, <laughs> when I initially was shopping my book, I was told at that time to change my characters, mm. to make them look like the characters that you read in a Daniel Still book and a mm. Sidney Sheldon book. So read between the lines. Mm. And, but I was determined not to do that. Mm. And so um, it it took a long time. The publishing world wasn't ready for the you know those types of books. And also, um, my book had a political storyline, and they, they they said they felt at that time that women weren't interested in politics, mm. which is so different than the world today, oh right? Oh my god! <laughs> yes. So, um, but I just kept pressing forward. And one of the things I was told, I had an agent and she gave me a very good piece of advice. And that advice was write your next book. <laughs> but don't spend, no, she was saying, don't just spend all your time trying to shop that one book. So the next book I wrote was Breeze, which is a romance novel. And it was really just, you know, about a romance or suspense to it as well. But that was the first book that I got published. And um, because at that time, that's when the sort of the black romance market was taking off. Mm. So then I went back and had the other book published. Mm, okay. And how did you feel before publishing? Were you so scared as like me when I published my, my author oh, biography? I was, <laughs> no, I was so excited to get published. Oh. And part of that had to do with the fact that 
I had been trying to get published for a long time. Mm-hmm. I was, I was um, in the publishing world, you kind of really have to go through literary agents. So it's very difficult to just send a book to Simon & Schuster, a random house. They don't accept <laughs> for the most part unsolicited submissions. So mm-hmm. that's just kind of like the way it is. Um, so um, I remember I would, that was back when you sent everything by mail. I'd run in, when I come home from work, I would run in a mailbox to see if I had, you know, a letter from an agent or whatever. Yeah. And um, so when my book finally came out, I was thrilled. At that time, there were a lot of bookstores. There was B. Dalton, Walden, and um, you know, I did book signings and they they made a big deal, like they made a big sign for me. And so it was just like it was one of it was a very happy moment from in my life because mm-hmm. you know it was like all the work had come to fruition mm-hmm. and um and people were very receptive to it mm. so um I, I was really excited about it i mean my next big thing was always um you know i i want my book to see my book on film and to see it become a movie or something like that <laughs> And what has been your most beautiful review? Do you re- remember what people told you about your writing? Well, I would say this. My, the first book that I kept trying to get published, they they all were saying, this book is extremely well-written and um, they love the dialogue in the story. And mm-hmm. as far as the reviews that I received, um whether or not, you know, initially there's romantic times type of reviews, and then there were reviews by other kinds of magazines. They were always very positive. They talked about the plot. Um, you, you know, it's a must read. Um, and that the, you know, the characters are intriguing. And, um, you know, I, you know, I received several like five stars kind of, kind of ratings. So, That definitely was very inspiring to me to keep moving forward as a writer. Mm, beautiful. And what has been your biggest fear in life? Oh, my biggest fear. No fears? Hmm. My biggest fear is failure. Okay. And so I'll begin with this. Um, so as a mom, uh, you know, when I had my kids, I was in my early 30s. I ended up getting divorced and I felt like a failure that I was supposed to somehow have saved him, my ex-husband. But as time went on, I realized that he failed himself and I stopped feeling responsible for his, I call them disastrous decisions. So that was a very difficult thing for me to do because for several reasons, I really wanted my family to stay together. I really believed in a nuclear family and, you know, my parents stayed together through thick and thin. So it took me a long time to get to the point of saying, this is not good and healthy for my children. And I, you know, I have to make a decision. And so I made that decision and and even though it felt horrible inside, even though it felt like I felt even my children, but I knew it was the best thing for me to do. Mm. So that was definitely a, you know, a sense of a failure. Mm. And also um, when I was mentioning about writing books um, and getting rejection letters, 
I, mm-hmm. I would feel like a failure. I mean, mm-hmm. I mean, in that one moment, I open up the envelope and it's a nice little rejection letter. It's still a rejection letter, mm-hmm. you know, and it, it hurt, you know, um, and I'll say even to today, it still hurts because I have other book projects that I'm shopping to publishers. So one of the things I did was I learned to deal with the rejection um, by allowing myself to feel sad. Like, so when I would get the rejection letter from the agent or an editor, I would feel sad for a few days. It might be a week. And in the beginning, I'll admit, I may have shed a tear tear or two. Mm -hmm. Um, But then the book I was working on will call me. Because remember, Mm. I said that that one piece of advice that an agent told me was Mm -hmm. go to your next project. Don't just Mm. like put all your eggs in one basket. So I was always working on another project. (laughs) So um, so I would say the next book that was calling me, it was like my characters were saying, don't forget about us. So after a few days, I would miss like my home office. I love my home office where I wrote my books. And so I would get back into writing. (laughs) I knew deep in my heart that I didn't want to stop. And I think that's what passion is. It drives you no matter what happens, you keep going, you work on the next project and you keep hoping and praying for that. Yes. The one that could be the start of something new. And honestly, I had some close calls. I mean, I had a screenplay that even made it up to, to, to Oprah um, and just other close calls. But, you know, when it didn't happen, I did not allow it to stop me, mm. you know, not um, from a standpoint of saying, oh, I'm never going to write another book again. I'm never going to write another screenplay again. It just kept me like, okay, I was my next project and let's keep moving (laughs) wonderful and so beautiful your characters called you to (laughs) not forget oh yeah I mean it's funny because um I'm in a book club with four other writers and we kind of all talk about that we under like we 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 kind of kind of get that like and we say like if we tell other people that they're going to say we're crazy but it (laughs) is the truth you know like and the other piece of writing is when you're writing fiction and, and I remember my first book, I plotted out what was going to happen and I was going to kill off a character. Right. But as I continued to write the story, I fell in love with the character and it was like, <laughs> I can't kill him off, you know? And so sometimes, you know, that's when you almost feel like the story is real and it's alive because you can feel it. And even though you may plot out the things that you want to have happen, in many ways, I say like the character kind of takes over. They start one, they start kind of telling their own story. So that's why, you know, I will say to this day that writing is rewriting. You are going to, you know, you're going to write your first draft. You know, you, my, my first book may have, I may have written it like six or seven times before it was okay, let, let me get, get this to a publisher. But that's, it's a learning process because in the beginning you think, oh, wow, finished, I'll send this out, you know? But you learn over time, I joined uh, writing groups, took other classes on like writing a novel, things of that nature. And I learned that you, you, know, you have to um, go back and edit your stories. And, you know, a lot of times, some things I've come up with at the end of the book, I was like, okay, now I got to go back and rewrite it so that I have to plant those um, clues so that the end of the book makes sense. 
So mm. Mm. those are things you learn, you know, as you're yeah. writing different books. And if someone is listening now and maybe it's not a writer, he he or she has other projects, what would you recommend to do? I mean, they maybe they don't have these characters who <laughs> who want to be um continue to be living so <laughs> i mean i say that begin with you know what is your story like what is your focus mm -hmm. you know maybe start off with defining what type of story you want to write are you writing a character driven story and you you know you want to focus on who your character is or are you writing a, a suspense or a mystery and then you're like define what that mystery is uh, one of the things I learned early on, like way back in my uh, college days was when you're writing, um, you really need to like plot out your characters to find who they are, mm -hmm. you know, besides their name, their history, you know, um, even down to the point of their siblings and things of that nature. So, I mean, that's a starting point for some people. Some people like to just dive into the plot. They like to dive into the action you know, what's going to happen and they kind of develop their own process. So I don't think there's one tried and true way of doing things as far as writing a book is concerned. But I do think what is very important always is to uh, the rewriting process. I think um, people have a tendency to think, oh, let me just write this book and I'm done. And you really, it's really a process. It's it's rewriting and it's, you know, going back and revisiting that character and saying, oh, is that really what I want this character to do? And, and, and just spending a lot of time. And the more time you spend with it, the more you hone your craft, the better you get at it. Hmm. And if someone has, hasn't a book project, he, he wants to, or she wants to continue, but she's, Maybe like you stopped for a certain time, you didn't write, and you mm -hmm, mm -hmm, you want to mm -hmm. do to get back. What 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 kind what of did mindset I do? helped you to to get back into your project, into your actually passion? You well, I what I did was one day I opened up um, a book bin and I realized, wow there are four books in here that I have not finished mm -hmm. or that I at one point shopped and never got a response. And, and I just feel like that, that was such a waste. Right. And mm -hmm. so that was the first thing that kind of uh, made me think about the time that I spent on those projects. And now I'm just letting, letting them sit there. So what I had to do was almost force myself to write. And that was something I wrote about in an article for Hope for Magazine. One of the things I made was the contrast was back in the day, in my early days of writing, I never had to force myself to write. I could write and I always wrote pretty, pretty much at night. So even before I had my children, when I would come home from work or do whatever, um, I might take a nap. I used to take jazzercise back in the day. And um, I would start writing at 10, 11 o'clock at night. I've always just been a night out. <laughs> and so even when I had my kids and I put them down for bed and, you know, I may have fall asleep with them, I would still get up and start writing at 10 o'clock at night or whatever. But 
um, I had to just make myself, put myself on a schedule to start writing again. And I was like, okay, Robin, you're going to spend an hour writing today. And that was such a change for me because I never had to do that before. Like I said, my characters called me or whatever, but <laughs> I never had to do that. But eventually when I got into back into this one project, I fell in love with the story again. <laughs> when I fell in love with the story, it was like, mm -hmm. okay, I didn't have to force myself to write again. Mm. It just started to be, it just, that spirit in me kind of reactivated. Mm. And when it reactivated, it was just like, okay, I can do it without feeling like I put myself on a calendar or on a clock that says from nine to 10, you need to go ahead and write. Mm. <laughs> so, and once I felt that spirit again, I felt like myself again, because mm -hmm. I felt for a while, not having that, I, I felt like I lost a piece of me that oh. sounds odd or whatever, but, but th that is truly how I felt. Mm. So it was really important for me to get that back. Mm. And I'm so glad I have it back. Yeah. Like it's, it's made a big difference. I mean, I, I'm the fun, not so fun part now is promoting is complicated and I'm only saying that because as a writer, I just want to work, work on my next book project. <laughs> but this is a social media world and you have to promote your books now. You can't just rely on the publishing company to do it. You know, um, I, I had to take classes on like how to promote yourself as an author, mm -hmm. you know? And so, um, you know, that was a part of the adjustment and that's just, just the way it is. So mm -hmm. that's what I'm doing. So that's why you'll see things about, about me on TikTok and Instagram. <laughs> you know. So beautiful. So what the most important thing you said and what I take for me with from this interview is you need to fall in love with your project and, and then you can um, feel yourself. And I think this is such an important point you made because when we can fall in love with, with what we do, we become this kind of part of, of thing we are doing and it gives us joy and it, it inspires mm -hmm. us. And mm -hmm. so um, I think, yeah, that's the most important thing. So thank you so much for sharing. <laughs> Oh, you're very welcome. And I think yeah. it's also important. And one of the things I said is, <clears throat> um, as far as like dealing with failure is, and I have to say this to myself, and that is, I love myself at in every evolution, mm. both beneficial and not beneficial, good, bad, or indifferent. So um, I may have been disappointed in myself for getting away from writing, but that was just a part of what was happening in my life at that moment. But you always have to be open to evolving. Mm. And, uh, you know, and I think you, you know, I think it's important to evolve in all aspects of life. You know, I had to evolve as a parent, you know, like my kids were not the same when they were like my sweet little four and five-year-olds, you know, when they became teenagers or different, you know what I mean? You, you have to change and adjust to, you know, those different situations. And it could be, you know, in a job environment where there's change. So I'm also proud of myself for the bravery to grow 
because, you know, you can't stay the same. You can't stay in that little box, you know, like I, I could have stayed in a box and just said, okay, the, those are the things I wrote and whatever, but no, that was my passion colony. And, you know, that's the creative spirit, I think in me and other people. And, you know, I always think of, I'm sure, you know, who Carlos Santana is, correct? Okay. I don't think he got an Emmy until like he was in his like late 70s, in his 70s or whatever. Carlos Santana is still touring. He's a musician. You know, mm -hmm. that's what he loves to do, you know? So mm -hmm. I think when you find that and you have that passion, it stays mm -hmm. with you. Yeah. I, I, you know, you may have your moments where you a little off center with it or whatever, but mm -hmm. overall it is driving you. Yeah. It kind of pulsates through your heart. Absolutely. So Thank you. Thank you so much, Robin, for having been here. Oh, you're very welcome. And I appreciate the opportunity um, to be on the site. I mean, to be on your show. But I would like to just end by saying, please visit my website, robinallenbooks.com. And that's where you can find my new book. It's complicated, a novel. And um, thank you for having me on your show. Thank you. And thank you, dear listener, for spending your time with us and not giving up searching for answers to your questions. And in case you feel worthless and nobody seems to like you, we tell you, you're awesome, you're loving, and you matter. And please don't stop telling yourself these sentences hundreds and hundreds of times to get them in your system. Have an amazing day and talk to you next week.